0: Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Mythic Existence. Today is the start of a new direction that podcast will be taking, as I'm recording this episode with a guest, the one and only Carly Schilling. For those of you who don't know, Carly is my beautiful fiancé, and the topic of today's episode is going to be Harry Potter, which is a topic that we're both very enthusiastic about. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Mythic Existence. So, Carly, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast.
1: You're welcome. Um, it did do a countdown for me while you were doing the intro. Oh,
0: that's good to know. Okay, well, we're learning in real time right now because I'm using a new podcast uh, streaming app. Um, could you tell how how much it was cut off on that?
1: I. D- I don't know what the countdown means. Okay. For
0: me. All right. Well, I think we can figure out that in post. Um, I'll I'll fix that in my in the recording. The the video will might just be a little bit screwed up, but Okay. Hopefully for those of you watching, uh you're not too lost. We're doing a new kind of streaming platform for this. Um But anyway the guest that we have today is Carly Schilling, my fiance. We are uh, in two different portions of our apartment right now. I'm in the bedroom. She's in the living room. Um, So hopefully the audio goes decently for it. Uh, You know, one of the reasons I've been wanting to have Carly on the podcast for quite a while now, um, (laughs) just because Carly and I get into interesting conversations. Um, That's one of the foundations that our relationship is built on um but we're both you know very into harry potter and it's something that we've been reading about uh well we've always read the books but we've been going to the movies late lately at the uh theater um and so we decided that we wanted to do today's episode about harry potter so carly why don't you go ahead and give an introduction to yourself go over a little bit of your bio and Uh, Who you are, if you don't mind.
1: Okay, um, my name is Carly, and Jack and I met in graduate school uh, where I was doing American Studies master's degree. Jack was doing folklore, as most people listening already know. And I am from, I was born in California. My dad's in the military, we moved a lot and I teach middle school English and yeah that's pretty much it I love Harry Potter
0: all right yeah well you know Carly I tell you this often but you're one of the most intelligent people that I've ever met in my life um I'm always uh I'm I'm always trying to make sure that you're okay being the the smart one and the pretty one in the relationship (laughs) um (laughs) But uh so okay so I've got a series of uh questions laid out for you. So that's going to be kind of how the the episode is going to go. Um Great. so you ready for question number 1?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Okay. Question number 1. Why do you feel so drawn to Harry Potter?
1: Great question, Jack. Um I feel like Harry Potter is, not to be cliche, but it is very magical. But I feel like it is magical in the sense that it provides a sense of escapism that feels like it bleeds into your actual life. Instead of the sort of, like, shut out the world, I'm reading my book, I'm going to a different place... And then as soon as I close the book, it's like a hard snap back to reality. I feel like Harry Potter; um, it sort of stays with you in a way. It affects, you know, the way that you see the world, maybe, in a positive way, in a magical, mystical way. And so I think that I'm so drawn to Harry Potter. I mean, of course, it's, you know, it's the hero's journey. It has all these elements of fantasy and young adult literature that are very attractive and exciting. And you relate to Harry Potter. You think, am I the chosen one, you know, in my life? Um, but I just think the, the world that it creates and the ideas. Um, I mean, Hogwarts is it's so visceral. Like it's, you feel like it's really a place like that you could go, even though you can't, which is sad. But I think that's one of the reasons it's been such a successful series and now franchise is because we want to pay money to experience the world of Harry Potter and Hogwarts um, because it is so special and magical.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, one thing I've always thought about why Harry Potter has kind of the staying power that it does is that it is rooted in our world. Um yeah. I oftentimes like think of Harry Potter in conjunction with Lord of the Rings and Star Wars mainly. I think that those are the two other kind of like epic heroes journeys stories that we are drawn to. But yeah. Harry Potter is the one that was able to put it on mm-hmm. Earth and make it feel like that could be happening. Maybe we are just muggles and the wizards right, are like out we're there.
1: Right, letter when
0: we turn 11. Right. So it's a little bit more tangible, I think. And I think that the Harry Potter universe, the Harry Potter world will always kind of have a stranglehold on that. Or, well, obviously there's a lot of, you know, magical realism. Stranglehold
1: is a little violent.
0: Well, that, I, you know. A
1: strong grip.
0: Well, Part of my answer for this question was actually going to contain a stranglehold, which was something you and I were talking about earlier, which is the innovative plot points and how they mirror each other, specifically Peter Pettigrew and his magical hand that ends up. Does it strangle him or does it strangle him to death? Yeah. 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 And so because I was. I
1: just want to say I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I'm yawning because I just got home from work. I had a very long week. I am not bored by this conversation. <laughs> That's totally fine.
0: Uh, I'm always yawning to, as you know, to uh, open up my ears since I've had an ear infection for months. And so yes. it's not the, the conversation. Yawn all, as much as you want.
1: Back to Peter Pettigrew. Um
0: like I was saying, I just got done reading the third book, and um at the end Harry is feeling bad about letting Peter Pettigrew grow uh go. And Dumbledore says, You've basically just created a life bond with him, and he's indebted to you, and who knows it might come back. And of course, you know, it's going to come back. And it when it comes yeah. back is in the seventh book when they're in Malfoy Manor, and he hesitates for a moment and they're able to escape and then like you were saying his the magical hand that Voldemort uh conjured for him is cursed and it turns on him uh yeah and kills him so i just and that's part of uh you know we can get into this whenever because my last episode was the ring composition and ring theory something that you hinted me off towards uh i think the way that things are resolved like based on the very nature of how the the books are written and conceived, there's a, there's a mirroring and like, you know, that this thing is coming up now because it's, it has to be taken up later. Um, which I think just from a literary standpoint is like something that we are really drawn to because of the resolution of it. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's move to question number two. Uh, What memories do you have uh, of uh, the Harry Potter books or movies being released, if any?
1: So my mom used to read us the books, and I don't have any, like, solid memories. I feel like, how old were we when
0: um i think that sorcerer's stone came out in 2000 or like 1999 maybe let me see
1: yeah because i definitely don't remember like the first
0: the the movie first came out in 2001 uh it was 1997 the 1997 is when the first book came out so like yeah you and i wouldn't remember the first book actually coming out
1: Ninety-seven. I didn't realize it was.
0: That's what it, that's what it says here. Um, and so, yeah, well,
1: because it was the twenty-year movie anniversary.
0: Well, okay. Barnes and Noble says publication 32. date was nineteen ninety-nine. So it's it's that, that's what I I thought it was nineteen ninety-nine. But that would also be a pretty quick turnaround from ninety-nine to two thousand and one to have the movie come out. So either way it was
1: anyway, in the ni-
0: in the 90s uh still when yeah. the book was written published I
1: like don't really remember the first books coming out um but I remember what we were living in Alaska at the time when I was in uh 6th grade so 11 and that's when I started reading them on my own um but I actually didn't get into them like I didn't like read all of them when I was 11 because they also weren't all out yet um that would have been in 2006 but I just remember there being like a frenzy when I remember, like, it was just peripheral to me. It was, like, my mom and, like, my mom's friends and the Barnes & Noble release. And I remember seeing the Deathly Hallows, like, at Walmart. Like, there was, like, a giant, like, bin. Like, just, like, stacks and stacks. And now that I think about it, like, I have never seen a book release like that since. Where it's, like, not just at Barnes & Noble, it's, like, at Walmart. And there's, like, a crate of the books for people to grab.
0: I can't remember you know? anything else like that either. Like, yeah.
1: And I just remember the frenzy, especially around Deathly Hallows, because it was the last book.
0: I oddly don't remember the Deathly Hallows release. Um, and I honestly don't even remember reading it for my first time. I, I have very vivid memories of the fourth book and the fifth book. Um
1: Yes, I think I read the fourth. I think I remember reading the fourth book and being like, "No way."
0: the The fifth book was uh, released in the summer. Um, I could be mixing the fourth and fifth books up, but I'm I'm almost certain that it was the fifth book was released in the summer during a baseball tournament that I had uh, out in Aurora. I think actually. Um, Oh, cool! And. I convinced my dad to take me to, uh, I don't think it was Barnes & Noble, but it was that other one that they used to have.
1: Borders.
0: What's that? Borders? Borders? Yeah, Borders. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, in the middle of my baseball tournament, I went out and got the book. And in between games, I was reading the book. And um, I think that might have been one of those moments when my dad realized that I was just a little bit different than uh, at least, yeah. you know the other kids on my team. Um I don't think that they were reading the books in between the games. Um Well, that's
1: the thing about Harry Potter is like you, like it's like you're finding time. I was also like that with Twilight. Like you're finding time to read it outside of, you know, you're carrying it with you. It's like right it becomes a part of you.
0: Um ha- Have you had any other books that have been like that for you? Can you think of?
1: Well, I'll say Twilight, and Twilight's definitely, like, not on Harry Potter's level, so everybody calm down, but, like, I just remember being, like, super captivated by it, um, as I, as a, we were on a trip to Austria, we lived in England as a family, and my aunt and my cousins were visiting, and I was, like, fully ignoring them, because I was reading Twilight for the first time, and I remember being, like, in the customs line at the airport, like, kneeling on the ground, like, reading Twilight and then getting up and moving and then sitting down and reading Twilight, like, just, like, fully, like, locked in. I was reading on a, on the, in a van, which, like, I don't normally read in a car because I get car sick, Um, but I've definitely had, like, but that, that, like, feeling, that gripping feeling is not, I would say, altogether, like, positive and pleasurable in the way that Harry Potter is. Because, like with I would classify the Twilight series as like pure escapism that you almost feel a little bit like it's like guilty pleasure, you know, you're not feeling like enlightened when you're done reading it. You're like, I left reality and now that i now I'm back, whereas I feel like Harry Potter is like after I read it, I feel like excited, I guess, and i I also feel that way about the movies having them on like it feels good it's not like this like nobody talk to me i will slap you if you interrupt me i'm doing something important you know leave me alone like it's not really like that kind of vibe
0: yeah that makes sense i haven't i haven't uh read the twilight um books but i've seen a couple of the There's movies no so i can...
1: to... they're like teen girl yeah like a teen girl's fantasy very romantic
0: definitely most of the people that i know that have been into it have have fallen into that demographic, and so I wasn't planning on reading them. But I, I can't think of any that have had any books that have had that effect on me that Harry Potter did, as far as yeah, I like, am definitely more in. though.
1: Like I read more YA than you, right? And like I read Divergent, Hunger Games, like this sort of trio style gripping YA books.
0: You you can sit down and devour a book um, yes. unlike anybody that I've ever met. Uh, you know, m- most people I think that listen to the podcast know that I'm an avid reader, but I read more nonfiction, um, which is not something that usually, I mean, I'm sure that some people probably will sit down and read an entire 200 and 300 page nonfiction book in a day or well, two. It's but.
1: not like it's not palatable in right. the same way
0: you have to digest it a little bit and like as a as opposed to a, you know
1: i need yeah, to know what I happens next require a lot of intellectual thought That
0: that's not what i was trying to indicate but um true, okay right. so let's move on to uh question number three okay Are there any deeper philosophies or lessons from Harry Potter that inspire you or resonate with you?
1: Well, that's a really good question. And I do have a criticism of Harry Potter that it's really like righteous in the sense that, you know, it's like darkness, bad. Dumbledore, light, good. But that is more the movies, I think. After you, like, if you actually read the books and, like, think about them critically, Dumbledore has, as we know, a lot of flaws. Harry has flaws. Sirius is, like, a bigot towards house elves. (sighs) Like, there's, like, total, like... You can actually parse out, like, oh... These people are messed up
0: yeah and, and not you to know. cut you off I want to keep you, have you keep going with that but I was reading the chapter where uh, Dudley is really afraid of Mr. Weasley because of his memories of having uh, the pigs yeah, tail that was, from
1: that whole thing is messed up
0: and so and I that's something that you've brought up before too and so
1: yeah and also with um, like the character who Hermione cursed. Starts with an M. I'm forgetting her name. Oh, uh, in which book? In the fifth book, Dumbledore's Army, she, like, was going to give up Dumbledore's Army. And she, like, started getting, like, boils on her face. Or, like, painful, like, acne on her burns on her face. And, um, yeah, her name will come to me. But Hermione, like, didn't reverse the curse. Mm. And in the sixth book, she had, like, her whole face wrapped. Like, she still had... And I was like, okay, that is, like, messed up.
0: That's a really well, good formality. point. That's a really good point that it's different in the books from the movies. Um, yeah. Because, of course, Harry Potter, like Lord of the Rings, has... At its core, it does have a Christian, uh, like, cosmology... Well, maybe not cosmology, but there is there is a Christian ethos to it. Uh,
1: right. You know, and, yeah. and so... And it's quite biblical, right? Yeah. And, like, Harry is obviously the savior. Like, he comes in and rises from the dead. You know? Like, it's totally... Anyway, but back to, like, philosophies. I've always loved Sirius, um, Sirius's moment with Harry where he says, um, like, everyone has light and dark inside them. And the world isn't made out of good people and death eaters. And like that always really stuck with me. Um, I remember like having that quote, like printed on my wall in high school. Um, but that idea that like, uh, sort of like, I don't know, it's kind of like a choose the right is something that they say in the LDS church, which is the culture I was raised in. But this idea of like, you have choices and, you know, make the right one. And I think there's a lot of moments uh in Harry Potter, like in the beginning when um Draco is befriending trying to befriend Harry in the Sorcerer's Stone, like like I'll show you the way, you know, and like there's that pivotal moment where Harry's like, I'm good, like, I'm gonna I'm I'm with Ron. Yeah. And like that there's these moments in your life that totally change your future. And so I think that's something that's always stuck out to me. And then, of course, just, like, the classic light versus dark, good versus evil struggle that is not as simple as, like, bad guy Voldemort, good guy Dumbledore. But that sort of righteousness, I think, is very attractive and exciting. You know, because we want to be righteous, we want to do the right thing and and feel really good and strong um, but I do think it's it's complicated
0: yeah that's something that right. I've been thinking about a lot recently is that exact you know white versus dark thing is it's more complicated than that but it seems to be that's what we're drawn to at least nowadays uh in our in our stories is essential good versus essential evil Um, and I'm, you know, I, I try and do creative writing and I've been plotting out, trying to, you know, come up with new stories and I'm, I'm looking into how can you make characters, villains and heroes, uh, more complicated than that. But, but will that even be palatable? Like, do we, do we need to have good versus evil or is it okay to have more anti-heroes that. that's one of the reasons I like Rick and Morty. Uh, I thought yeah. that, you know, like I think Rick is a Not very the
1: edgelords. <laughs> Not the edgelords and people who love them.
0: They have now entered the That's chat. Um but you know, if you think about something like uh Shakespeare, you know mm-hmm. Shakespeare is definitely full in on people are ambiguous, you know, yeah. like
1: Well this is why I love this is why I love literary criticism and just discussing and thinking critically about a text or a piece of art. Lord of the Rings, say. Yeah. Like you can uh, Lord of the Rings is another example of like orcs.
0: So good and evil.
1: Evil, literally nothing good about orcs. (laughs) You know,
0: like nothing good about orcs.
1: Sauron went to the dark side, like turned. Or Sauruman turns to the dark side. Sauron also bad, you know, yeah. but then you also have um, like the human, this I'm really showing like I don't know my Lord of the Rings, but uh, one does not simply like dad or
0: uh, Boromir's dad uh,
1: or like yeah. dad's dad. Yeah. Yeah. The one who faltered. right. He could have destroyed the ring. He decided oh, not to. Isildur. Isildur love that name great name such a good he name got. hey
0: you can't fault Tolkien for his <laughs> names and his language
1: those names go hard okay, okay. Fa-
0: favorite Lord of the Rings name real quick
1: it's gonna be Sildur
0: great like, name my yeah. I think my favorite one is Ungoliant the giant Ungoliant. spider That's from nice. the first stage anyway
1: Ooh, not the name of the spider Ugh. anyway um like, you have the human, the, like, hearts of men shall fail them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's scriptural, Um, but that's also in Lord of the Rings, like,
0: this oh.
1: idea that, like, we're weak, okay. you know, and, like, we give in to, like, the natural part of us that, like, doesn't want to do the right thing, the hard thing, you know, we want the glory. And then redemption coming around, like, I don't know, it's just... I can't remember my point here or what I was talking about. Oh, literary criticism that you can look at Lord of the Rings, you can look at these light versus darkness, and you can still complicate them. Like, we can talk about the origins of the orcs and, like, how and, like, do do they deserve to have a purpose? And are they just slaves? And how does that fit into the whole thing? So, being able to discuss and complicate. What's going on in a light versus dark story I think is fun and good to do, and also an effective technique to use in our daily lives.
0: I completely agree um I think your video is lagging just a little bit right now, looks like mine is too um yeah, like I said, this I is the first good. time we're using this new platform, so we're you look I look good for your side
1: yeah you're fine okay
0: for me well yeah. we'll just we'll just power through it uh the audio is still fine um, we'll kind of learn on the fly so um I'll say for me just to answer that question a little bit uh you know alchemy is something that I've studied, and I think that Harry Potter is like the best alchemical text ever written um there's seven stages to the alchemical process seven is the most magical number. Like there's a reason why there's seven books. Um And Harry's transformation is really like an alchemical transformation, I think from like his, his lesser state of being into being, you know, the conqueror of death and the Lord of the, the hallows and all of that. Um, yeah. One book that actually I, well, it's actually two books that I did kind of devour when I read them was, uh, the Chemical re- Wedding of Christian Rosencrantz Or uh, Rosakreutz, I guess is how you say it uh, And I have a whole episode about that But um, that was one of Rowling's source texts for it And so I really love the alchemy behind Harry Potter So, uh, But we don't need to get too far into that Okay, question number four What is your favorite Harry Potter book?
1: Great question. Um, I'm, gonna say, um, I'm gonna say nothing is better than Prisoner of Azkaban.
0: I love Prisoner of Azkaban too. It's such a great book. You
1: do? Okay, like I feel like the fourth book is the most entertaining. the most entertaining because it's a Triwizard Tournament and it's just like wild and crazy and exciting. And the fifth book is great yeah, because it's like emotional, great. hairy, like moody, hairy, like and Harry. serious. And it's like the total gut stab of serious dying. And, okay, I won't do a spiel for every single book. I mean, the first book is amazing because it's the first book. Come on. But the third book with serious, the ending, the shrieking shack, come on. So like, good. finally. Finally understanding what the heck is going on with Sirius and why is he out to get Harry? He's not out to get Harry. He's out to get the freaking rat that's been around that Ron's just been like spooning. For, Such a great twist. Like
0: who would ex- who would have expected the rat was what we were after the great, whole time?
1: Absolutely splendid twist that was obviously like planned because the rat had Scabbers had been passed down from like percy or or even like bill before and charlie everything was was
0: planned from the first book it's insane
1: so good yeah so it's just and it's short the third book like you can you can read it in you know a couple afternoons it's just yeah it's just it's so good
0: it's so good yeah i just got done reading the rereading the third book uh last night and those final i think four chapters from when they they go down to Hagrid's hut that's when Buckbeak is about to be uh killed just to the yeah. end of the book are four of the best chapters yeah. in anything like in all of harry potter but uh so and good i
1: also really like the light it shines on snape at the end like and how severus is still he is still so wounded from you know 13 years prior like he cannot let it go and like he doesn't have the right information but he's completely confident in his in being wrong cannot stand listen to reason like it really severus has a lot of flaws obviously but it really shows like how deeply wounded severus is from the marauders the his bullies his high school bullies you know you most a lot of people like you never really let it go like your bullies like, that's so like true a special place in your black heart for them until the day that you die
0: and you can imagine how that would feel if if your bully's son or you know some somebody connected to somebody who he and his gang literally almost killed Sirius. That's when we we learn about what they did Everest. to him. Everest. One of the ma- main things, yeah, you, how difficult it would be to have that reminder and them being the but most lauded person. Me, and,
1: if you almost kill me, it's not okay. Grudge for life. <laughs> okay.
0: Seriously. Like, um. Yeah, third, the third book is so good. Uh, Goblet of Fire has always been my favorite, and I'm I'm rereading that for the first time in um, years right now, and so I'll see how it stands up. Um, uh, you know, I love Goblet of Fire for the fact that it ha- goes so far into Voldemort. I am deeply interested in Voldemort and his backstory. Um mm. and that's one of the reasons I think that Harry Potter is yeah, so interesting. Love, like, I love in the sixth book when they show him going to you know, the whole backstory with how he created the horcrux and his family and all of that, I think is super, super interesting. Yeah. Um okay, question number five. What is your favorite movie?
1: My favorite movie Great question. It's just got to be Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Like, they're so cute and tiny. And it's Chris Columbus. Chris, why did you leave us? Like, we needed you for the whole thing. IMO. Yeah. I love all the movies for their own reasons, but Sorcerer's Stone, first movie, is just... I
0: love it the best. I just realized that I'm recording or I'm on Xfinity Wi-Fi. I'm not on our hi- our house Wi-Fi. So rookie mistake.
1: That's
0: mental note: make lag- sure that you're on. What's that?
1: That's probably why you're lagging. But I'm yeah, I'm, on I'm too. Libraries. I'm
0: too afraid to. I'm too afraid to get onto our house Wi-Fi. No,
1: just just connect to it. It'll be fine.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. Are we all good?
1: Okay. So you are frozen. frozen. Oh,
0: okay. We good. Good. All right. Well, sorry to everybody for uh, any malfunctions that might've caused. Um, There was a period when I was like, trying to interview for jobs and I always would forget last year to turn on the right wifi. And so I would get into the zoom and just like have terrible. Um, so it's not the first time that I've done that. So I apologize for that car car. Um, so you were saying "Sorcerer's stone is your favorite. And because Christopher Columbus did such a great job. I think that the way that he captured, Harry Potter the world was how Harry Potter is supposed to be.
1: Oh yeah. And like they had real candles hanging from the ceiling. Like it was just like so I mean I don't know, it was really warm tones in the castle. It wasn't like blue and green, like it David Yates made everything. And like you really felt like you were in the castle. You don't feel like you're in any type of animation of it i loved it
0: yeah and you know david yates is he's he's directing the fantastic beast movies too right Mm -hmm. um and those i thought have been very blue in their tones as well um he's just
1: a blue guy and
0: he's just a (laughs) uh he's like that one song from the 90s yes uh, but, you know, I think it's the British cover for the seventh book, um, where it's, it's the scene from them going into Bellatrix's vault and it's very, yes. very colorful, but it, that is what like the Christopher Columbus movies, the essence that they capture. And it's the, that's how it like exists in my mind, but it's, it's not how it is in the seventh movies, you know? No. I still love them like but the the first book is so special for a number of reasons um and I movie? think that yeah or yeah sorry the first movie um and I think that Do you
1: want to let yeah. um the cat Violet
0: in? Violet yeah uh as everybody knows the cat is a frequent guest and she hates having the door closed so I'm going to let her in Come on in, baby
1: You got to close the door.
0: Though. Oh, okay. She's going to want to go right back out. So we'll just, um, we'll just deal with that. So, uh, okay. Moving on question six. I already know the answer to this, but I want you to talk about it a little bit. Who do you identify with the most and why in the, in Harry Potter, obviously.
1: So I identify with Luna Lovegood the most. And I think I identify with her because she's weird and everybody knows that she is odd. And I definitely had that going on when I was in school. Very weird and odd and silly. Um, and like everybody sort of knew that about me. And same thing in my family. Kind of like different, goofy all
0: of those she's tearing up she's tearing it up <laughs> Hold on. we've had to uh put tape on the ground um because our cat tears the rug up um and so she's ju- she just gets anxiety it's fine though um so you were saying okay, so, luna
1: yeah so being weird being loony And then also just being, like, very, I don't know, eclectic and seeing things in a different way and not knowing why people are doing something one way and wanting to do it a different way. Um, I just think that, like, she loves books, like, she reads weird magazines, and she's sort of, like, on the the outside a little bit of, like, what's going on. Um, always sort of around, but not obviously not a main character, and that's kind of how I feel in life, and um, I like it like that.
0: Well, I th- I think probably a lot of Harry Potter fans connect with Luna because I think probably a lot yeah, of us like feel that way. That's
1: really
0: um, because I can identify with Luna too, as well for sure. Um, I think that this is going to be a boring answer but i i feel like i identify with dumbledore um a lot just because <laughs> <laughs> i feel like the really? old i feel like the old master wizard no i <laughs> um
1: you feel like the person that's smarter than literally everyone around you at all times?
0: <sighs> i knew you were going to not let that go um no, it's not like, that's not
1: just say like, oh, I'm Dumbledore.
0: Okay, I'll I give you a better just... I'll give you a better answer. I'll give you a better answer. I, I kind of feel like Lupin, actually. Um mm-hmm. I connect with Lupin because um I think Lupin is constantly trying to like connect with people, but and it is good at it in like a soft way, but is also like Totally different than everybody, kind of like Luna in the same way. Yes. Um,
1: and sometimes it just like does not go well.
0: Sometimes it just doesn't go well. But I think that I think Lupin's heart is in the right place, of course. Oh
1: yeah. And you've got the like teacher.
0: Yeah, and so him. the the way that he conducts himself, especially in the classroom, is reminds me of how I am when I'm teaching and when I'm tutoring and stuff like that. So Yeah. I think that Lupin is it. I, I actually looked up the uh the Myers Briggs types of the Harry Potter characters, and that was Lupin was listed as the INFJ, which is as my personality type. Um the ENFP, which is your type, uh was Ron. Um
1: Ron is I love Ron in the books.
0: Ron is amazing in the books. That that's something also yeah. is um they they did Ron pretty dirty in the movies. Um, Ron's yeah. character is much stronger in the books. Um, you've pointed out so many times of lines that they've given to Hermione that were Ron's or given to other characters. Um, but, you know, the, the qualities they listed on the Myers-Briggs things for Ron was, like, warm and enthusiastic, which are definitely, you know... Two words that come to mind for you like you're you're one of the warmest people I've met and even though you are uh eclectic like Luna you are uh, you get along with people better than almost any probably anybody I've ever met like uh, and so Ron kind of has I mean obviously you know the Slytherin boys weren't getting along too well with Ron and you may might not be as connected but with you like but
1: Ron- Ron got along better and was closer with like Dean and Sheamus yeah. and like the boys, right? You know Neville, even like more of like a camaraderie there. than yeah. Harry Yeah,
0: no, he did definitely. Um, okay, do you want to?
1: Do you want to?
0: Do you want to talk a little bit about ring composition, uh, ring theory, or you want to skip over that?
1: Let's skip. Okay. I'll take my brain.
0: All right, okay, last question, number eight. What do you want to see more of uh, from the Harry Potter world? Like, what, are th- what what kind of content or just anything do you want more of?
1: Well, I want a lot, okay? But um, I would love... I know Warner Brothers has said that they're doing a TV show, but it's, like, it's not... It's like literally so far in advance. They're hearing like pitches for it, I think right now.
0: 2026. Um, really? No, I don't know. We're year well, probably yeah. even more than that. Years away probably.
1: But like I really want live action TV show of the Marauders time at Hogwarts. So like James Severus, Lily, like them at school, sort of like misadventures or adventures. I would love that.
0: That would be really interesting. Um, I could see that going really well. I kind of want them to literally do stories that has nothing to do with the characters from Harry Potter, uh, which is, I'm looking forward to the video game, coming out at the end of this year which is set in the 1800s um and so like obviously what happened with Fantastic Beasts like the fact that they had that little bit of you know Dumbledore and Grindelwald in there then they're just like oh well we have to go fully into that but like uh I was reading apparently the origin of Azkaban was like it, it was some evil wizard's island that he used to like lure muggles to And so it's like, there's other interesting stories that you can invent.
1: Yes, there's a lot. And I also, okay, this is not really answering your question, but you know what I really want? I want another series that's like Harry Potter. That's not Harry Potter. That's totally its own thing. But like, I want to experience, like, it's like you want to, it's like how much money would you pay to be able to read Harry Potter for the first time? Not knowing everything. Like, I want to experience this feeling and this love for, like, a different fandom or, like, a different fantasy world. Yeah. But have it be similar, you know? Because it's just, like, absolutely. I'm like, at a loss. I'm like, at a loss.
0: So, as far as something that's like Harry Potter, as far as, you know, the magic and stuff, who, like something will probably come up, but all of the ones that are trying to do that type of thing, like, have you ever seen the Magicians or read any of the Magicians?
1: Apprentice.
0: Yeah, it's on Netflix, and it's like you know, eighteen-year-old something like that. They find like a
1: oh, there's wizarding so many, school, there's and so many like TV shows, books, like everyone's trying to be like Harry Potter, and I'm like. None of you guys are good enough. Like you're not doing it like Harry Well, Potter.
0: you've been really getting into Dune is the like the the that type
1: of not even on the same universe though. As not even on like the same universe though. Totally different. Science fiction you know. Totally
0: different science fiction, you know. Well, there's a reason that Harry Potter is so unique in its success is that uh it's a once it's it stands on its own as far as what yeah. it's done. I mean, it's it's beyond Lord of the Rings as far as commercial success and.
1: I feel like Lord of the Rings is is uh, Lord of the Rings is, is uh, one of the like Harry Potter though like the, like, Harry Potter the fandom like the the, fandom. the way that you go to another world like when way you consume to to it like it's definitely up there and com- yeah. com- comparable comparable but also the text itself is like not as accessible as harry potter is like tolkien not is
0: nearly like, as accessible
1: i'm writing three pages of elf song and you can deal
0: with it oh, yeah tolkien <laughs> like it's part of what makes it so real is that he's just like i'm just going to be talking about oh we have a cat siding uh okay what 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 uh what character does missy who is she she's most a like she's a, she's a what
1: it's what um or er, measle it's, it's what, uh, what um it's what Crook is, like a super smart cat. crookshanks is like a super smart cat
0: oh okay yeah Th- that's probably what i actually was calling her crookshanks earlier <laughs> um she's so cute yeah, I mean, yeah, like I was saying, Tolkien will just go so far into like super deep lore that he's just created just just for the sake of doing it. Um and Frodo and Sam's story is terrible after the first book I hold. Uh like and Sauron is just an intangible bad guy. There's I mean, I love Lord of the Rings so much, but there's plenty of that's like like I was saying, I love Voldemort because he's such a he's such an interesting character, I think. Um Yeah. I all know. right, well, is there anything else you want to want to talk about, Car?
1: Well, um shout out to my students in Harry Potter club, which I do at the middle school I teach at. We made potions last week. That was a big hit. We made wands. Um it's just like Something that I really love about Harry Potter is that it is very, I don't know, it's kind of like sports in the sense that, like, you can be totally different backgrounds and, like, not know anything about each other, but it's like Harry Potter, you know, and you can talk about it. And it's, I do really think it's something that brings a lot of people together. And, I mean, sort of transcends, like, class boundaries. You know, so transcends, a lot of transcends a lot of boundaries because it's so magical. Yeah, that's very so true. That's something I love about it. So
0: that's something I love about it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's, uh I mean, I remember just the other day when we were at the movie, just knowing that the other people were kind of having a similar experience to us. It kind of reminded yeah. me of being like at a sporting event too. So, yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on, Carr um sorry for having the wrong wi-fi on and starting early but um i think it was a great episode so that's it for today's episode please follow mythic existence on social media like and subscribe on youtube and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform thanks for listening see you next time